0: Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope this helps you understand a little more about industry's perspective. Today's episode turned out to be a two-parter as we tackle the subject of debriefings. We talk about what a debriefing is and what it isn't. For contractors, we explain why the government conducts debriefings, why you should care, and what you should get out of your debrief. For contracting officers, we explain why contractors need a debriefing, and why should you care as a contracting officer. Most importantly, we discuss what a contracting officer can get out of the debrief. So with that, let's get started on part one. Hey Kevin, today we're going to talk about debriefings. This is something that we both get a lot of questions about.
1: Exactly. In fact, recently I got asked I got asked by a friend of mine whether there is a perception among contracting officers that protests are going to impact their performance reviews. <laughs>
0: that's a that's that's funny. So uh, probably not a topic for this uh, cast, but but uh, it does that shows their, how how little understanding the industry really has of of the the government side of the debriefing process. So before we go too far with that, let's talk about what is a debrief, w- when they happen, and 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 then we'll get into to the details of it and why it's important. So so I'll I'll let you go. Describe what is a debrief.
1: I, I like to keep things simple. A debriefing is how the contracting officer tells you why you lost. It's that simple. There's a lot of nuance to that. You, there's a basis of your of your elimination from a competition. There's the, all kinds of things they can tell you and can't tell you, and there's a list in FAR 15 if you want to go through it. But the reality is, the debriefing is, why did you lose?
0: So this is the very end of, of the last zone, the source selection zone, right?
1: Correct. And, and the reason this is, this is one of those things that's kind of, not kind of, it's very unique about the federal market. If you think about it, I'm I'm in the process of buying a car right now. And as you can imagine, of course, it's not a matter of walking down to the dealer and just pick one. It's, it's a, a, I have a process behind it. And the idea is I'm getting all kinds of quotes from people and figuring out what's the best package, et cetera. And I gave them the overall strategy. I gave them their section LM, which said, this is what I need from you. This is how I'm going to judge you. However, when this is all over out of courtesy, I'm going to tell them, okay, this is the company that won. You know, here, Here's the price I ended up settling on. But that's, that may be all they get. In fact, I'm not even required to give them that. So if you think about it from the commercial side, when you don't get a sale, there's no feedback. Yeah,
0: the dealers you that you no don't idea. buy that car from are just never going to hear from you again. They're going to be sending exactly. you emails and trying to get in touch with you, and you're just going to ignore them because you already bought a car.
1: Right, and, and by the way, the reason I tell them all that I bought it from somewhere else is to save them the time of emailing me and also <laughs> save the time of…
0: Right. Feeding through those emails, right? But you don't give them a debrief and tell them exactly why you didn't buy from them.
1: Correct, and yeah. you know there's no there's no PowerPoint presentation that's built around this, and or maybe there should be. But that's such a different animal. So debriefings are something that they they tend to be a little bit of a puzzle for people. So this is our attempt to kind of clarify some of the puzzle. Right. But what it really comes down to is it's the basis for why you lost, and it's the basis of the source selection decision. It's the basis why why you lost relevant to the evaluation criteria what did the rfp ask for and why didn't you meet that as well as somebody else
0: so in most every case you're going to get a debriefing and and in most every case where you bid on something you're going to get some kind of debrief in 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 very small like simplified acquisition procedures type things you may just get a notification that you didn't win and uh the the amount of of information you get in a debrief can vary a whole lot from, from, Hey, here's a letter that describes how we evaluated you to a formal sit down multi-chart, uh, meeting where you run through everything. Yeah,
1: exactly. And one of the unique features is some people will say, and this is a shout out to the contracting officers listening is sometimes they'll say, well, it doesn't apply to FAR 13.5. And by the way, FAR 13.5 allows commercial acquisitions up to I believe it's six and a half million dollars. So technically, you're right; it doesn't apply. However, I bought a helmet-mounted recording system, and I we bought it's a commercial item. We bought it through simplified acquisition procedures, and we ended up. I think it was a five point two million dollar contract. It's funny; I remember that actually. Uh, it's it was a fi, over a five million dollar contract, and we weren't required to do a debriefing. But if you think about, there's a lot of effort that everybody put into this, yep. and and it's a, it's the right thing to do. So just because it's not required in all cases. It's still, it's still a smart thing to do, and we'll, and we'll get into why that is later. But from a clarity perspective, it's not required everywhere. It is required in FAR 15 uh, competitions.
0: All right. So there's two different kinds of debriefings, right? They're, they're, most, most people think of, of competitions over, they've selected the winner, and you get a debrief, and that's, that's technically called a post-award debrief. There's also something called a pre-award debrief, which sounds kind of weird. How can they tell you? How can they just tell you uh, why you lost pre-award before they've even awarded it? Tell me about that.
1: Basically what that is is when you got, competi- got eliminated from the competitive range. So before they award, they say, well, here's why you didn't get moved on to the next phase. Right. And the key difference to be aware of at the post-award debriefing, you're going to know who won and in general terms, I'm speaking in, 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 in broad strokes here, but in general terms, you're going to know who won and why they won in pre-award you're not going to know who won yet because they haven't decided that. Right. So there're values to to both.
0: Yep, so there'll be another cast on the whole competitive range determination thing. But the the quick summary of it is the government has the ability to say we got 10 offers, only 4 of them are even close. There's 6 of them that are have no chance of winning. So we're going to eliminate those 6 from the competitive range. We're going to continue on with the remaining 4. And so at that point, if you're one of those 6 that's been eliminated, you have the opportunity to learn why you're not getting to continue on. And you you can choose at that point whether you get that information now and you get less information because they haven't decided who's going to win, or you can wait and get a post-award debrief like the four that get to carry on. All right. That was exactly. my quick aside on competitive range determinations.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a rabbit hole we're not going to go down today.
0: So this would be a good time to remind people that if you want a debriefing, you have to request a debriefing. The FAR gives you three days from the time you've been notified that you're a- out of the competition, whether whether it's that you've been removed from the competitive range or at the at the end when they've selected a winner, you've notified that you've lost. You have to request in writing a pre-award or post-award debrief. So that leads us to, to why does the government do debriefs? And the easy answer is be- because the FAR tells them they have to, right?
1: correct but the better answer is that they want you to know why you lost. Uh as as a contracting officer, you really should want people to know why they lost. And and here's the if you if you think about the protests that drag on forever and questions that drag on forever, one of the best ways to move on to the next acquisition is you want to close the book on this. And say here's why you lost. Okay, well, while we appreciated your input, we appreciate your effort, you didn't win. Let's all move on. And that sounds really, maybe that's a snarky way of saying it, but on both sides, as, as the contractor say, okay, we took a shot, we swung at the ball, we missed it, we got other stuff to do, let's keep moving. So this allows you to close the book on it and say, okay, we lost you know, this, we we missed the mark here, we missed the mark there, we were, we were underneath on price, whatever the reason was, but you can close the book and say, this is not worth fighting for anymore. And here's the other thing, <laughs> they don't want you to argue about it. Oh, uh,
0: you- yeah, I want to go in and yell at them and tell them that they made the wrong decision and they're idiots. How could they not understand that my proposal was the best?
1: That's, exactly. That's,
0: that's not what they're expecting?
1: <laughs> exactly. And one of the things that, that kind of throws me, I remember I had a, an attorney say to me once when I was back in the early days of doing this, I think it was one of my first debriefings at Wright-Patterson, and the attorney said, keep in mind, every single company who put in a proposal, it's their best work. So you're calling their baby ugly. So let's, you know, that's, that's the perspective is that they didn't throw a, well, they shouldn't have thrown a, you know, a a turd over the wall to you. They put in a good product. So for them to emotionally accept the fact that they didn't win, that's, that's a, that's not exactly an easy argument, but as the contractor, it doesn't help you to argue. It doesn't help you to say, well, I, I, if you go with the attitude of, well, this is a really unfair solution. Well, it, it's, it was their choice. Contracting officer is trying to, give you the reasons why they chose or the source selection authority if it's not the contracting officer why they chose somebody else right and that's that's the overall strategy this the, the the best reason to do it is to learn from it
0: yep and if so, you're the ceo they might be pissed they're 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 definitely hurt and upset the the contractors are definitely upset about it they might actually be about it but sometimes they just want to know why they lost and they're ready to move on to the next one so so if you're the ceo you, you you can't expect that they're going to come in with guns a blazing every time
1: exactly and yes sometimes they do and that's you know it's, it's business people have yes people are going to potentially lose jobs or at least you're not necessarily going to be hiring somebody because you didn't get the work so i mean it, there is a, a reality to it but let's not let have that overshadow the fact that there are winners and losers in business. Let's be smart about this. So,
0: so if I'm a contractor, why do I care about debriefs? And, and I, I didn't quite understand this when I was on the contracting officer side. And I have lots of stories about how, how I, how little information I actually gave the contractors and how that didn't serve them or me in, in the, in future competitions. But if I'm the contractor, I want to go to a debrief because I want to know what I did wrong. I want to learn about this particular agency, how they view things, how, how, how important some parts of the proposal are versus other parts of the proposal, despite what the RFP says. So I want to go and and see really how they evaluated me. I I want to, I want to make sure that they understood my proposal and that they had honest issues with what, what I was trying to sell them, that, that they followed their process. But in the end, my solution wasn't as good as somebody else's solution. I want to know that I lost fair and fair and square.
1: Exactly. And, and the idea is to, is to help you improve. Um, that's, if you go in with the added, you go in with the attitude of, I want to improve I, go again, going back to the car dealership. And I'm, I know that's probably a really silly example, but nah, it, it's a
0: good one. It's, it's what everybody's bought a car and they, not, not most true. people don't like it
1: right? So if they don't know
0: why I ended up not picking them and it, it could be
1: something, I mean, I actually, one of my evaluation criteria is a service and service being, you know, how, how well are you handling the buying process? And what I mean by that is when I say, give me a detailed spec and you send me, here's the monthly payment. It's not a detailed spec, right? It's right. not, it's not, so I'm, I'm rating you. How good is your service? So at the end, they're they're not going to know that's why I didn't pick them. So, Think of that when you're, as, as the proposer, as a company going after this work, this is a great opportunity for you to learn what did I not do well that I can make sure I don't do again? Or what did I do well that I want to do more of? And, and here's one of the, the, the little strategies that I assumed people knew. It, ask for a debriefing when you win.
0: Oh yeah. That that's that's the most most valuable because the government is more candid than they know you're not gonna exactly. protest or they're not you're not pissed off. You're just there to talk to them. So the uh the what winners debriefings that, that I've done. Uh the, the winners debriefings that I did as a CO, that's when I actually started to learn what was good about a debrief and what wasn't because I wasn't so on guard. One time uh I, I actually Flew out to the kickoff on the west coast. I was uh, working on the east coast at the time. Flew out to the kickoff with the technical team, and we did the winners debrief right there uh, during the contract kickoff. And it was such a candid opportunity to find out that that's when I first started to understand how little the contractor understood about what we looked at. And uh, long story uh, on that one. But but the the winners debriefs are much looser, and so as the winner, you are going to learn a lot more if you. Listen to what they liked and didn't like about your winning proposal uh, versus your losing one, because uh, of course when we flew out to the West Coast, we were able to not take the lawyers with us, and so we could actually talk.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's actually my. my I would say it's up there with a the favorite parts of my position. Favorite parts of being a contracting officer was doing a winner's debrief, because it's all good news. <laughs> I mean, even even the bad news part of it, when they had some weaknesses, it still didn't knock them out. So. For both sides. Right. So uh, as a
0: CO, I think, I think uh, industry feels like COs uh, th- are just trying to get through the debriefs, get through the the period waiting to see whether there's a protest or not, and, and move on with the acquisition. And in some sense, they are try, just hoping, God, I just want to get this debrief over, and then I hope nothing happens. But from another sense, if if they're smart, which I wasn't. I got smarter, but I wasn't at first for sure if they're smart the ceo is trying to learn what they did well and what they didn't do well so that in future competitions that it's not so painful you know all, all the things that cause them problems hopefully each uh, source selection you do you get you get better at it as you go and it's not just the ceo it's the whole acquisition team i'm not i don't i don't want to peg it just to the ceo but as on the government side the debrief is it's your chance to learn think think about if if when you're buying a car if all the people that you didn't buy from, came back to you and told you what you did wrong, why they didn't offer you a better price, what you could have said to them to get a better price on that car. (laughs) That would be so valuable next time you bought a car. But no, you bought it from one guy who you thought had the best price. There might have been two other guys that could have done better or offered better terms. If after the deal was over, if they just said, oh yeah, I totally could have given you a better price, how great would that be?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that kind of goes to the second reason why everyone everyone needs to care about this is that it helps you understand their process and that they're being whoever's on the other side. If you're a contracting officer, it helps you understand their process, the, the proposer's process, and help them understand. When you wrote, I, I had a, a debriefing once where the the pricing structure was totally clear to me, and people understood it enough that it. The, the numbers that came out of our, we kind of used one of those uh, as an algorithm that said, when you put in these prices, here's how we're going to evaluate you. And this price comes out the end. So that wasn't the understanding the whole process wasn't the issue, but why we chose that process. Everybody, everybody asked Why did you use this? Now, the reason was I wanted to be able to compare apples to apples during the, the evaluation process because this was a commercial item. But that whole idea of, I sh- probably should have explained that. I should have taken a paragraph and said, this is why we're doing it this way. And that, inf- that information was so valuable to him. I didn't even think of it. I thought, well, of course you know this because it's your industry. But there's so many things that we think are obvious that aren't. So understanding each other's process is another reason that we care about a debriefing because that's when you find out what you missed and what you could have done better.
0: That's it for part one of debriefings. Be sure to listen to part two for the rest of the conversation. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send us an email at paul at Podcast dot com or kevin at Podcast dot com. Thanks for listening.